Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hey, babe. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. I am your host, Diana Jebbia. If you are not following me on Instagram and TikTok, please do so at Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A, like Carlton Jebbia from that one season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't know if we're related, okay? I get asked that a lot. I used to not, and now like everyone's like, are you related to Carlton? And I'm like, I really don't know. And like, I'm really kind of glad I don't know, okay? <laughs> okay, um... Before we get into spilling the Bravo tea, we've got a lot to talk about. Just a little teaser. I had interactions with not one but two Bravo liberties this week. So somebody send me a contract. Put me on that damn network. I belong there. Um, I did want to mention that if you are not following the wonderful Believe Podcast Network on Instagram, you definitely should. At Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V. And then at Believe Pop Culture. We got some really great pop culture shows So you should definitely give them a follow and a like and a listen. Make sure you like all my posts like the loyal stan you are. Yes. All right. So lots of Bravo tea to spill this week. I hope you have something to drink. I have this hard seltzer. Like I got this spicy pack of hard seltzers, which I like spicy drinks. Don't at me. Um, It's pineapple cayenne, which sounds like such a freaking California thing. There's live probiotics in the drink. So, like, I guess I'm keeping my gut healthy while I get drunk, which I'm not going to get drunk. It's Monday. I needed a drink. I'm, like, on a, a withdrawal. Like, all my friends were here this week, and now they're gone, which, like, people go home. That's normal. But when you live far away from everyone and you go from seeing people, like, I go through this when I go visit my family all the time. It's, like, when you go see a lot of people and you're you're having fun and you're going out and, like, you're surrounded by people all the time and then you either go home by yourself or, like, they leave you, it's very humbling I don't know eerie I don't know both it's it's very it's a very confusing time so that is why I'm drinking on a Monday and no I'm not sick I promise okay I just need a little pineapple cayenne and you my sunshine as I talk to you but let's go on to happier things like I just I don't know like I'm I'm fine it's fine um (laughs) what is my life let's spill the bravo tea okay so I told you I interacted with not one but two Bravo celebrities this week. So the first one is Mr. Reza Farhan, who, as you heard in a previous episode, he has like my meme of Mike. And like this week I was watching Shaws of Sunset, which I'll recap later. Duh. But they were having dinner or lunch at this place called Stout. It's um, It was a scene where Gigi, Destiny, and Reza had lunch. I think it was lunch together. And they were in my neighborhood. That's in my neighborhood. I was, oh my God, I was so excited. So I just made a story and I was like, oh my God, when you're watching Shaz and Reza, Gigi, and Destiny are having lunch in your neighborhood, where was my invite, guys? Where was it? Okay. And Reza just reposted it to his stories like the king he is. I feel like, listen, you know my philosophy on friendships and that like a real bestie lets you know when you're wrong. And sometimes I was hard on Reza in these podcasts. Definitely nowhere near as hard as I was on Mike. But, you know, we call Reza out on when he starts things up. I feel like I should take all of that back because I love him so much and he's so nice in real life. Like I'm kind of becoming a Reza stan. I kind of am. 
Oh, I still want that invite, boo. Okay. And then the second Bravo Liberty, we went to Sir again because why not? You know, when you have friends that aren't from here, you go to Sir. Like I used to, when I visited LA, to be fair, I always wanted to go to Sir like every single night. Like that was my jam. And now that I live here, I'm like, oh, got to get on Laurel Canyon and drive all the way down. And I don't really have time to leave that. Ugh. Or I got to get an Uber to take me over to the valley. And I don't really feel like doing that. So it was nice to have excuses to go to Sir this week. I actually saw, I'm just going to say rumored cast member for like the sake of legalities. Cause like who knows, but like Olivia Ray, oh my God, on Instagram, she is the most adorable thing ever. I'm Olivia Ray. That's where you can follow her. We like always just message back and forth, like hype women. Like she votes in my poll sometimes. I compliment her outfits. And I was waiting for my friends at the bar and she was at the door and I was like, oh my God, she was hosting that night. And she walked us over to Lisa's favorite table and sat us down and was so sweet, so kind. So yeah, I, it was an absolute pleasure meeting her and I hope I get to see her again at Sir. Another thing I kind of wanted to touch on, so this is not necessarily Bravo tea. Maybe it falls more into the spilling, kind of. But did you watch this week's episode of Roni? So if you didn't, like, you have to. I know a lot of people are ready to give up on the New York Housewives, but it's so good. This week was a lot of, it felt reminiscent of that old drama we've been longing for, which, again, this season's different. It needs to be different, but I'm so happy we packed in a little bit of that dramatic punch in there. With um, Bershawn and Sonia, they were just really going at it, and nobody goes after our Sonia Morgan. She is a total gemstone. She is like Miss Bravo Universe. We need to protect Sonia at all costs. Wow, my accent just flew right out there. We need to protect her at all costs, okay? Like wrap her in a bubble. But this was the most impressive thing. Like she runs out uh, with Sonia and Bershawn, like they're fighting. And she originally had... Ramona's glass of wine that she brought out and Ramona didn't drink it and Sonia starts drinking the wine through her mask not like a a medical face mask through what looks like a cloth face mask like puts the wine she doesn't pull down her mask she holds the wine glass up to her mask and like literally sucks it dry that's how impressive it, it it disappeared you know when we were little in the 90s okay and there were those babies, I think it was called like Baby All Gone or something like that. And they, she came with a little bottle. She came with the cherries that you would put the cherry thing in and she could eat it and the cherry would like, quote unquote, disappear. But the bottle was like this mystical, magical thing and you would tip it back and like all the juice or the milk in the bottle would go to the top and it looks like the doll drank it. That is what Sonia did with a glass of what I'm sure was Cabernet. And it was impressive. I don't know if that mask had a slit in it. I don't know if that mask was mesh. I don't know if she met up with Chris Angel beforehand and learned a new trick that she's got to show us all. But that was impressive. So if you like need to go back and watch Roni this week, I want you to zoom in on that part. Like really watch it three, four times. And if you can find the secret to how Sonia drank an entire glass of wine without spilling a drop through her cloth face mask, Please let me know as soon as possible because L.A. has reinstated indoor mask wearing, which is fine. I get it. We're trying to be safe. But like I want to drink wine if I'm leaving a table through my mask. So that's a skill I need. That is a skill I need. 
Okay, I have to pivot over to Potomac for a second because we're only two episodes into this season and it's not disappointing at all. Mia and Wendy are going at it. They don't like each other, which I feel like Wendy is getting the second season edit. Have you heard of this? I feel like I came up with a theory, but then I heard other people talking about it. So I'm like, okay, I'm not as smart as I think I am. But Professor Wendy, who I loved for her first season, I really loved. But this their second season, she's getting that edit where she doesn't look as good as she did the first season. Other notable cast members who got like the second season edit. Remember Siggy Flicker? Although she like truly ended up being something else. Like her true character was something else. That first season was like an angel edit. But yeah, she her second season was not a good look at all. Shannon Medore. She had the bad first season and I think the good second season. So it's always that second season edit is like what you come on as your first season. Then your second season, you get the opposite edit. That's like my theory that other people believe too. So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to trademark it. Okay. It's not worth the money because I probably didn't come up with it myself. But anyway, Wendy is getting that second season edit. So she's having some beef with Mia right away. She... I don't know. I just felt that there was a little bit of jealousy. So Wendy had her her plastic surgery party where she revealed all the plastic surgery she got. And at first she didn't reveal that she had gotten her butt done too. So that was in episode one. And then Mia like rattled off the incredible list of plastic surgery she's gotten, which like more power to you. If you have the money, go get it done. And then after that, Wendy was like, oh, just kidding. I had my butt done. But I do agree. Wendy was like, I kind of just want to reveal it myself, which that's fine. You know what? I can I can get with that. But then it was at Karen's love lunch, which, by the way, that was a terrible name of that was a terrible name for a lunch. That sounds like you're going to go on your lunch break and hook up with someone. Well, let's go sneak away for a love lunch. OK, no, no. You know, there are no love lunches with Karen and Ray. I'm sorry. But when they were playing that like newlywed game, which was so much fun and it was like each wife had to answer which other housewife they thought their husband would find most attractive. And like Wendy got very insecure, which I don't know. Well, I shouldn't say I don't know. Like we as women, we just get insecure. Like it happens. It's normal. But it was just upsetting to see it play out on TV because it looked like Eddie was going to say one thing and then Wendy made him change his answer. Like it looked like it was going to be Mia or she said something like change your answer. Otherwise they're going to think it was Mia. And then their answers were like, he finds no one attractive. He finds only me attractive, which like is BS men are men. The men always men. So which like in that situation, it's not like he was going to act on it. Have some fun with the group. Ray freaking said he found Katie attractive. She hasn't been on the show in two seasons. Couldn't have been worse than that. Come on, Wendy. But the the drama between them carried on um, after the show, actually. So I want to I want to pull up one of Mia's tweets. She's not verified on Twitter yet. She should be. She screenshotted Wendy's tweet. So I don't know if they just blocked each other or if Wendy deleted it. But Wendy said, first, you don't know your age. So this is kind of an attack in the first episode when Mia was explaining the age difference between her and her husband and she totally forgot which listen when there's a lot of years between you like who has the time to do the math not me not when you're Mia you know she's got better things to do and then within 24 hours you go from her having a good heart to just a pretty face 
Then you say you're a bartender when we all know you're a stripper. So that part was when during the newlywed game, it was like, how did you and your husband meet? And they both met at a strip club. And she said she was working at a bartender. And Wendy was saying, but we all know you're a stripper. So many lies, but go off, sis. And then, which is like, it's screwed up. It sounds like she's trying to shame Mia for being a stripper, even if she isn't. It just comes off that way. That's the nature of the tweet. And then Mia tweeted, who child, hashtag bothered, hashtag much with a little eye emoji. Strippers have way more fun than slithers. That's a reference of Wendy doing her little slither. Parentheses, natural hair flip. So it's another dig at Wendy. So then Wendy replies... Always funny when they attempt to spin the narrative. Gnosis, my tweet pointed you out as a liar and a flip-flopper. Never shamed you. Be blessed. (sighs) So messy. So messy. I don't, and nobody, it's sad. Nobody's siding with Wendy, which is not sad because she said something screwed up. But I mean, it's sad because I liked Wendy a lot last season and now she's acting like this and I kind of have to side with Mia on this one. Who are you siding with in this whole fight? Okay, make sure you DM me because I want to hear your opinions. I'm going to take another sip of this hard seltzer. How about we recap some Shaws, okay? I feel like that's a nice little uh, uplifting moment here, ironically. So we we come back to the to be continued at the Friendsgiving, which like this was the most letdown of a to be continued ever. There's nothing more, okay, so like we as Bravo fans don't like to be continued. Then there's nothing more we hate than to be continued than ones that are a letdown. So Paulina's going off on the group. Remember last week we left off where she said, but I have something to say. And you think she's going to come for Mike. And we're like, this is it. This is it. She's going to come for Mike. She's going to tell everyone what she told Destiny and how he's done this before. And she literally says, if Mike knows you all so long and this is supposed to be your closest group of friends, why do I feel like I can't trust you guys? And I was like, oh, no, I smell so much brainwashing here. Paulina, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like he it's like Mike is like feeding her words like every morning he cooks her Bisquick pancakes or something like that and then mixes his words in so she can regurgitate them to the group. It's so annoying. Can you make pancakes with Bisquick? I don't know. Somebody tell me. Anyway, Destiny's naturally hurt by this. Like, wouldn't you be? If someone who you felt close with and was confessing all these things about what their man was doing and came to you at an event and you stuck up for them and now they're saying, like, I can't trust you, wouldn't you be offended? So I feel Destiny here. Paulina's talking out of both sides of her mouth. So, of course, Destiny is hurt and she speaks up. And Mike's kind of just at the point where he wants everyone to move on. He's yelling, like, everyone moved on. And and Reza says that, Mike, it's your dishonesty that's triggering me. And Mike's like, OK, well, I was dishonest because I was embarrassed of my actions. Well, like, I get that. I'm not going to lie. You make a mistake and you're ashamed of it and you try to cover it up. We've all been there. We've all done that. But now how many times is this Mike doing wrong by the person he's with? This is what, the second, third time? So 
he kind of lost and I don't want to say anyone has a right to be dishonest, but like he kind of lost his right to the little like excuse of dishonesty. That's what I want to say. He's lost his right to the excuse of dishonesty because he's made the same mistake 900 times. And Mike comes back at Reza and he says, you know, Reza hurt him and they both apologize, which I hope it's for real because I love it when this group gets along. When this group gets along, it is magical. And when they don't get along, like it's still magical, but it's hard. Like I feel that fracture deeply within the group. And the next part's my favorite. MJ gives like a drunk dedication of love to Gigi and like wants to make things better. And it's just, I don't know, how many times have you been drunk? Maybe it's just me and MJ apparently. But like I'm that person. I always just say what's on my mind when I'm drunk and I don't care how it gets out, but it's just getting out. We're getting from point A to point B somehow, even if we have to make a trip to point Z, wrap around at point T, and then come back up at point W and then go to B, which is kind of what MJ did. So it was just so relatable. And it was just, she's like, oh, 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 oh. and I'm like, oh my God, I love it. And she tries to hug Gigi and Gigi doesn't want to hug. And she's like dragging her on the chair over. I'm glad those two have made amends too. Their moms, their kids should grow up together. And Gigi just says she wants consistency from MJ, which I get. In the past, they've had their moments where I can see why Gigi would feel a lack of consistency from MJ's part. So hopefully they both hold up their end of the bargain. And it's kind of like, is everyone getting along? Like, how long is this going to happen? I don't really know. We'll, we'll cross our fingers. So Reza and Destiny meet at Stout, which I told you about earlier. I literally wrote up my notes. I know where that is. It's in my neighborhood. I was just at that Michael's across the street. I got these really cute prints and I needed frames for them. So yeah, I was just at that Michael's across the street from Stout. I also want to try that apricot sour they had. But anyway, they on to more important things besides my life. They were talking about Friendsgiving and MJ serving everyone and they kind of threw shade at her for her hands. I mean, I don't know. It is kind of gross, but I don't know MJ. I feel bad making fun of her if I've never seen her be gross with my own eyes. But yeah, they were talking about that. And then they got onto the topic of Mike and Reza right away is like, I'm a better friend to Mike than he is to me. And Gigi's like, well, wait, wait, wait. You know, Mike would say he's the better friend than you are to him. And Gigi also brings up a good point and says she doesn't support what Mike is doing. But at this point, Reza needs to mind his business. And Reza makes a comment about how he just wants to see his friends be the best version of himself, which I get. I think both points are very fair. But like, it's hard. Like, I feel like I'm getting a little philosophical here. But at some point, you can only try. Well, you can't fix anyone. Let's put that out there. So Reza can't fix Mike. And I know he wants to. And I know he wants Mike to do his best. But that's got to come from Mike himself. Like Mike needs to want it. And over the past few years, we've seen what we think is Mike wanting it. But he doesn't. He's not ready for change. And Gigi brings up that point. She's like, it's not our business. You know, I can not support Mike and his cheating actions but I don't have to tell him not to do that it's not my business and I think Reza would have a better peace of mind if he can just let that go but I also think it all comes back to how he feels triggered by Mike by what went on with the way his dad treated his mom which again it's all valid all very valid feelings it's just hard it's hard it's like I can't pinpoint who in that particular moment between Reza and Gigi's points is right 
Meanwhile, Nima in London are getting close. I like that we're actually seeing him use her as a dating instructor so we can kind of see her techniques. I always take notes when she's on screen. I do because my dating life is just an entire mess right now. Thomas had never seen such a mess in his entire life. Okay. So Nima wants to settle down and he says he has fun with 99% of girls he's on the dating app, but only 1% he can kind of push through with a relationship. So London takes a look at his dating app and he's got these cues like we would get along most if you and it was his answers had to do with food. So like if you like sushi, I don't remember what the rest of them were, maybe pizza or something like that. And she's like, no, like you need to list valid things like you're someone who knows yourself very well or something like that. Like basically his was all surface level and she wanted more deeper criteria on his dating profile. And again, I took notes on that. I did not edit my profile yet. Maybe you could help me with that. I would read you mine, but I feel like you would be bored. If that's something you would like to hear in another episode, let me know. Or not. I don't know. (laughs) So then London discusses, she's like, we should send you on a date and you can wear an earpiece. And I would feed you all the questions you need to ask And right away, this goes from being a Bravo show to a Disney Channel original series because I feel like this has been done on That's So Raven. I feel like this has been done on Lizzie McGuire, and I know it's been done on The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Remember when Maddie wore the flower pin when Zach Efron was guest starring and London wore the earpiece to make London seem more smart? Oh, my God, wait, this is so ironic. There's two Londons. They definitely got this idea from them. I don't know. I'm just saying that. But like London tipped in. Yeah, she wasn't very smart and she wanted to seem smart when she went on the date with Zac Efron in the art gallery. So Maddie wore the sunflower pin and was like telling her all the trivia. And now we have London, the dating coach. And now she's feeding Nima the facts on his date. Interesting. Bravo. I got your number. (sighs) I love an obscure Disney reference. Anyway. We find out some more dating preferences, shall we, from Mike and Gigi. So Gigi wants a guy who is emotionally unavailable, but who is on call, which is interesting. And I feel like I kind of relate to that, but not on a on a level that she does. Like, I don't think she ever wants to get married. Like she mentioned wanting diamonds, but I don't think she ever wants to settle down. And like I do, but I find myself (laughs) we're just going into my dating life. Like I find myself going for guys who are like here but then like at arm's length it's a pattern I need to work on that but that's okay this is not about me this is about Mike and Gigi and Mike is preaching about settling down which is odd like all of a sudden he's like yeah I want to marry Paulina I'm ready like and it's just so weird hearing him tell Gigi about this because it's like it's kind of deja vu with him and Jessica and we all know that went south really really quickly And Mike's like, yeah, I just get these DMs, but I shouldn't have responded to him. So he's made a complete 180 in a few episodes like he wants to marry Paulina. And I just don't know if that's the move. I'm not saying it can't be the move eventually, but I feel like right now it's not the move. And I really I don't want to sound like a hater, but I hope he doesn't ask Paulina anytime this season to marry him. I hope they're not secretly engaged because that would just be awkward. He's got to do a lot of self-reflecting. A lot. You know who's doing self-reflecting, though? Reza, in writing his book. It's very interesting. He's writing about 
his childhood and being a being gay in Persia and having to leave and finding himself. Very interesting. His family issues. Um, so we get to see a little bit of his mom's interview for his book. And right away off the bat, she's like, I'm not excited for this. She's worried that he's going to make his family look bad, which I just dropped my pen cap. <laughs> um, I like that that's Rez's mom's concern because it says a lot about her character which could be good and bad in both ways. And I don't mean bad as in like, oh, no, that's not good. Like, it's just sad that after all that she's been hurt by his father, she's still concerned about the family looking good. But it says a lot about her character. Like, she's caring. She wants the best. So I think it says a lot about her and mostly good things. I love learning about Reza's family, though. The way he asked her about the dinner she made and how much his dad ate and... She made one meal for everyone else and two meals for the dad. And his mom seems like she has a really good sense of humor about the whole cheating situation. And she said even the therapist that like the the marriage counselor shaded his dad. So I love that she's open about it and she can have a good sense of humor. And I'm really looking forward to this book. We're, we know that they're going to do more interviews together because he said that. So I think that's great. So now finally we get to go on this um, earpiece date with Nima in London. And I'm also reminded of when SpongeBob cheated on his boating exam. Like, Mrs. Puff, I cheated. And he had like the walkie-talkie in his head. And he's like, Jeter, Jeter, pumpkin eater. That's the vibe I'm getting. And I mean, there's no way this girl did not know that this was happening because London is sitting right across the table from them. I don't care how quiet you are. I work in audio. When someone talks, you hear it, especially if they're right across the table. So like she had to know. And it's it was so confusing because Nima's trying to listen to this girl's responses and like London's listening to this girl's responses. I think her name was Allie. And Nima can't hear what Allie is saying because London's cutting in with the next question and they're like really, really cringy with the questions. Like, he's going on and on to, like, what's your deal breaker? And do you want to settle down? And what's this? And it's just, like, so overwhelming. Like, if I was a girl and a guy was asking me that many questions on a date, like, I get asking the serious stuff. And I do think that's important. But it was just too much. I would be like, I'm done. I'm out. Goodbye. Goodbye. But she stuck through it. It seemed like Allie was having fun. I don't know if we're going to see her on another episode, but I hope we do. I hope it works out for him. I feel like Nima deserves the best. Although, like, in the previews, we see he's attracted to Destiny. And I find Destiny gorgeous. Like, don't get me wrong. This isn't a knock at Destiny at all. I'm just confused because he seemed all about Gigi, like, even in this most recent episode. And it was just like a quick switch flip from, like, Gigi to Destiny. So that was a little confusing for me. I don't know. I do not know. So we change scenes. Mike is looking at the apartment building that he's building and he's going to manage with his dad. And he says he's doing it to provide for Paulina, which, again, love that sentiment. Not sure where this is coming from. Is it is it true? Are you saying this to look better? What's going on here? He needs to let us know. And I'm happy that something's working out for Mike because, you know, they rolled the the montage of failed businesses. And it's nice to see him be vulnerable about getting his dad's approval because his dad does say he's proud of him. 
And I wish this is the mic that we would see every episode. It's getting tiresome seeing the one who's like, has such a wall up. And right away is like, well, you did this to me and you're sabotaging my relationship. And wah, 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 none of it's my fault. If he could just get real like this all the time, I think he would have a lot more successes when it comes to his relationship. So if he could get real with his friends, if he could get real with Paulina, I think things would work out in the way they want him to. That's just my opinion. Speaking of that's my opinion, uh-huh, we're going to do that soon. But first, we got to talk about MJ in London. And London's doing her thing. She's saying like, hey, MJ, you got a little drunk at that party. What's going on, girl? And MJ kind of shocked me here, which I liked her being this real, too. She says she feels a little lonely, which was, I don't know about for you. It was a little shocking for me to see as a viewer because MJ and Tommy always seem so close. They always got the funny banter going on. But she, you know, she talks about when she was sick postpartum, she had to be in bed. And she felt like she lost her friends group and Reza and Adam's restraining order against Tommy. It's hitting hard. And of course, MJ can't discuss Gigi, Reza and Destiny in front of him because he gets upset and she feels estranged from Tommy, which is understandable. All points of that are understandable. I get why Tommy wouldn't want to talk about that because these are people who are friends with someone who, you know, put a restraining order on you. Granted, Tommy wasn't right in the situation, but. It, it still hurts. I'm sure it still hurts. And MJ feels hurt because she's mending her relationship with these friends and she can't tell your husband about it. I imagine if you're married, you want to share everything with your partner. And if it's something exciting is happening to you, you want to go to that person. And she feels like she can't. So that was a little sad to watch. It just goes to show you never really know what's going on with someone until they open up. I needed to say that. Like, I, I just taught myself a lesson. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Lennon gives MJ some conversation tips on how to get Tommy to open up. So she wants them to kind of do some exercises. And MJ's like, I can't even get him to that point. So she's like, OK, I'm going to be you and you get to be Tommy. And it was kind of like, go over to him while he's watching TV and be like, what are you doing? And him be, you know, MJ was like, get away from me, pretending to be Tommy. And she's like, OK, well, when you're ready, we should do this. And I took notes on that, too. For everything I, I take notes on, I should be married with 12 kids by now, but I'm not. So I don't know. That's I'll leave that statement up to you and you could do with that what you will. I don't want 12 kids for the record. I'm almost 30. There's not enough time for that anyway. Speaking of wanting kids and how many you want, let's talk about Paulina and Mike because they discussed that on the Swan Boat Ride in Echo Park. And he said that he wants four kids and she doesn't want any more. Now, don't forget, she has two kids and he's kind of not listening to her. He's like, no, I want this fertility specialist to choose the best sperm and the best eggs to make the most viable child. And I'm like, is that a thing? Paulina said, is that a thing? And I don't. Is that a thing? Do we got any doctors in here? Can somebody confirm if that was a thing? I don't think it's a thing. I'm not a medical student. I work in communications. So I don't know. Somebody tell me if that was a thing. I I just found that very weird. And he's like, I went from a single rock star to being a dad, like in a good way. He's like, yeah. And, And Paulina's like, 
said what we were all thinking, like rock star, which like any guy who calls himself a rock star, no. Like you look like Brett Michaels now and not in an endearing way. You look like a, a guy who has long blonde hair in a cowboy hat and plays guitar and is going to have these women compete for his love on VH1. That's what you sound like when you call yourself a rock star, okay? But he called himself a, uh, going from a single rock star to being a dad. And Paulina, yeah, she was like, no. And we were all like, no. And he's like, I love being part of your family. And this is what I mean about Mike. Like, just be real, dude. He's like, I'm going to work on myself and regaining Paulina's trust. And it's just like, I feel like we've heard that before. I'm sure Paulina feels like she's heard that before. And this is where I get mad at Paulina, too. Because she, you could tell she's kind of like, all right. Like, when he said the single rock star thing, she's like, had enough. But yet she continues to stick up for him. And I get wanting to stick up for your man and whatever. But she's got to be honest. She told Destiny a few episodes ago that she knew he's done this before. So where's that? I hope we hear more about that the rest of this season. This season is completely flying by. And so is this episode, by the way. I think it's time that we we listen to your opinions in. That's yeah, that's my opinion. So we got a couple of good responses today. I heard from Marissa Andy23 on Instagram, series regular. Hi, Marissa. She said she's so glad that Gigi and Nima made up and Mike is still the worst. So yeah, last episode we saw Gigi and Nima made up and it carries over into this episode. They're getting along. Next week she kind of fixes that with Shervin. And ooh, that kind of plays into my next opinion. But yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that everyone's kind of on this apology tour. And I agree, Mike is still being the worst. We want to see that vulnerability. Like I said before, we want to see the real Mike. We don't need this, this fakeness. We don't need this macho single rock star. We don't need Brett Michaels Rock of Love or Rock of Love 2 or Rock of Love Bus, okay? Um, I heard from my babes, Reality Wind Down. That's Chase and Cassidy. I did a beautiful episode with them a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you listen to that and make sure you check out their podcast and Instagram too. They said, Nima is completely unnecessary on the show and I'd rather have Shervin back. So yeah, you know, you know, if you've listened to my episodes before this, I'm like the scenes with Nima are like, what's going on here? They're kind of obviously fill scenes. And I feel like as long as we don't have his storyline with Gigi, his place on the show isn't that significant. So it's all going to depend. And I hate saying that because, again, I do feel like Nima's such a nice guy and he means well and he's an angel. But I think if we don't have a more significant storyline with him and Gigi, it's just useless. And I, too, would like to see Shervin back, which we do next week. So I hope he's going to have more, you know, more of a role on this show again because he was a lot of fun when he always came around and he's nice to look at too. Well, that is yet another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast, babe. Did you like it? You better say yes. You better say yes. I am like so emotional this weekend again from like being doing everything, being out doing everything, like going out to dinner, going to the Waldorf Astoria, Beverly Hills, subtle flex there. Sorry, I probably will never set foot in there until I get a much bigger paycheck. So let me have my moment to making myself dinner in my apartment. So I'm like totally so emotional, so emo. But thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you love this episode, I want you to subscribe. I want you to rate five stars, write a nice review. 
And then you can also follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A. Make sure you check out Believe Pop Culture, B-L-E-A-V, and Believe Podcasts. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks so much, Bubs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.